I don't want to waste any time. I asked the question, who are the real children of Israel? And I'd like to answer it right away. Go ahead, you Like any good lawyer in a courtroom, he tells you what he's going to prove. All right. And then he goes ahead and proves it and let the jury make the decision. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad has said that Almighty God Allah revealed to him that the black people of America are the real children of Israel. And they, we, are the choice of God. And that unto us he will deliver his promise. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to No Boundaries Podcast, where facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple iTunes, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, on Amazon Music. I don't know what it is that you do on Spotify. Whatever it is that you do, please go and do that. It's Jay with the reigning, undisputed, unquestioned, undefeated, Willie F., I don't know about undefeated, but uh, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Bro, you haven't took nails since 2015, man. Come on now. Come on, man. <laughs> to take a loss is inevitable, man. That's what they say. But yours hasn't yeah. happened yet. Oh, shit. <laughs> how, how, how I wish that were true. How I wish that were true. Uh, as usual, man, you're in Houston, so I'm always going to ask, how was the road trip? The road trip was rougher this time than it's ever been. Hmm. And it was rougher this time because I tried to do the night drive. Like I tried to take a nap and then drive through the night. And I didn't get the amount of rest that I needed for that night drive. So it led to multiple stops, which put me off course because I was trying to beat the storm. I was trying to get here ahead of the storm. And to do that, I needed to leave at a certain time in the evening. And so it ended up, I was like in Lake Charles getting a lot of heavy rain at that point. So I made it through the storm, but I didn't beat it, I guess you could say. I didn't get the heaviest of stuff, but by the time I was in the in the storm path, I was already getting some rain. Oh, damn. Man, it's interesting that you bring up the storm, man, because I really feel like this last storm was was very, very undercovered. The coverage on this last storm wasn't as much as the coverage on Laura. And I'm guessing it's because Lake Charles isn't technically a major city like Houston is, but I honestly didn't know Delta was even brewing up until a couple of days maybe before it happened. And that was just because, you know, just heard people talking about it and obviously it kind of affected my job a little underplay weren't paying attention to it much I guess because there's no major hubs in Lake Charles that we have to deal with so it wasn't a big deal but it was it was kind of interesting that it was downplayed so I'm I'm it's so so to hear you say that you were trying to beat it I'm actually shocked you even knew about it I get I get the um 
I guess, national news. And seeing as I had been watching, I had been watching sports out of Houston with the Astros playing and, and everything like that. So I had been using my internet cable to pull Houston channels so that I could get the games. And so, you know, they give those weather updates. So that's, that's why I was abreast to what was going on. And of course, moms was letting me know, you know, everything that was going on as well. So. Okay. Okay. Well, enough of the bullshit small talk. Uh, <laughs> anything, anything interesting happening in the, in the clown world today that you want to talk about? I mean, obviously we got a bunch of topics on our list that we can hit, but I'm just curious to know that, you know, I'm just curious to know, you know, what's going on in clown world on your end, bro. And the thing that I love about the no boundaries podcast is that we try to drill a lot of stuff into y'all's heads and through your ears. And so when it comes to fruition, we can just simply tell you that we've been new. And Definitely. with that is this type, this, this topic of entitlement that we've talked about, especially in our generation and the generation behind us that we just feel natu- naturally entitled. And that's what kind of lends itself t- to the intro because he said, you know, specifically the black people of the black is black Islams of America are God's chosen people. Mm-hmm. The black Islams of America. So very specific to be God's chosen people. And then you think about it, Jesus, if you want to get into a Christian Bible, didn't even come to America. You know, he didn't step foot over here. But you talk to a lot of Christians and they think that they are God's chosen people. And, you know, you have to correct me if I'm wrong or or help expand my, my understanding. I would say that most religions would consider them to be God's chosen people. And that just, that just makes me think that you feel so entitled that wherever you are in this world, God chose these people around you. Mm-hmm. I was wondering why you chose that intro. Interesting. Uh, I didn't know, I didn't know if you agreed with it or disagreed with it. Uh, I mean, this is, I guess in a sense, this is why Marxists exist. This is why atheists exist because that entitlement that you speak of is that they're they're the resist they're the resistance they're the ones that try to come through and break all that up they don't really care for any type of religious supremacy so i think that's why it's important to understand that's why atheists have their view i mean atheists know no bounds they will they will destroy they will break up any sense of religious supremacy if they can and that's why in America right now we have a political divide, which is if you really look at it, and this is why I've been this is why I've been recommending the show Raised by Wolves to people because the premise of Raised by Wolves is basically the demise of humanity based on atheism versus believers. And we we deal with that today, but we look at it as red and blue. Because if you really know anything about the blue side, the blue side is mostly atheists. They're mostly non believers. And the red side is mostly believers. And you can you can argue that's not the truth, but it, it has always been the truth. And the, the crazy thing about it is both sides, although they 
although they hate each other's ideologies, they both they both pretty much will use violence as a means of you taking their side. And with the Crusades thousands and thousands of years ago, I mean, if, if anybody knows about how religion was even spread, you will understand that religion was spread with much bloodshed. And the same thing can go for Marcus. I mean, I think I think the count on the death toll that, that communism and socialism has brought forth is <laughs> I'm I'm willing to say that it's probably well into like half a billion strong. So it's easy to say that once again, both sides will bring violence for in order to make sure that you're on their side. It's it's what is what what was what was our boy Escobar always saying um, on um on the on the show we watch goddamn uh, no, I'm no, seeing no. There, narcos yeah narcos what was he a plato a playa was it plato a plato or oh, no he said uh damn my you know Spanish better than me it, to <laughs> me it was it was basically it was basically just the Spanish version to get down and lay down mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying he was. That, was it Plato or Ploma? Ploma or something like that? Yeah, man. Was, my was, Spanish people are yeah, like Yeah, it was like Plato or Ploma or something like that. Don't don't yeah, quote yeah, me. Yeah. But. yeah, don't quote me on that. I, I I know history. I don't know Spanish. Um but uh I mean it's really that's that's how I that's how ideologies are moved. That's how movements are moved. Like that's that's how it works, man. Like violence. And it's that's what we talked about on the last episode. And forgive me for last episode. Forgive us for last episode, but trying to smush so much into less than an hour and I really feel like that took away from the quality of the last episode but it felt good doing it and now we can kind of expand on it based on the fact that you brought this topic up again in my opinion and long story short man I mean I, I agree with what you're saying bro like I just I've never felt special that's the exactly. bottom line I've never I've never felt I never felt special in a sense of I'm the chosen one I think that that's you know what? What's that word that I introduced you to? Was it megalomaniac? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I introduced you to that word, but I know that when you saw that, you was like, "Damn!" Like it's something worse than being a narcissist. Yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> indeed. When you get to that stage, which society is seeing plenty of megalomaniacs now, like when it gets to that stage, it's it's getting scary, bro. Like it's scary out here. Everybody knows it. It's scary out here, but we're just gonna continue to laugh because it is a clown world. So. Like so to me, it it's mm-hmm. like I know my creation was for. I'm, I'm here to serve a purpose. I know that there's a divine meaning for me to be here, and it could be as vast as to lead a revolution, or it could be as simple as to live and die. But last time I checked, it was 7.53 billion people on Earth. A lot of them may be walking the same path that I am. Indeed, there there are probably more people walking the same path as you than not, you know, in a sense, you know, like I was telling you this morning, like when you really think about it, I mean, people being rare as like it's not even rare anymore. It's like everybody has what they idolize. And for you to be a person worth idolizing is rare. That type of person is rare. So. Once again, I agree with you, I just. I know black people like to pedestalize themselves in a sense, in a way of, I guess in a way they're, they want to empower themselves. I mean, we see women doing it. We've seen women be doing it since 2015. 
2016, they've been trying to find a way to empower themselves. And in the journey of empowerment, they've taken down or they've kind of bullied the other side in order to gain that empowerment. Because nowadays that's what you got to do. Because once again, in order for your movement to gain any type of traction, bloodshed is necessary. Violence is necessary. You know, you see, you see it. Like, they're saying that it's so much... They said that the rioting in Portland is so bad that they believe that the drinking water out there has been contaminated by tear gas. Wow. <laughs> like, that is crazy, bro. That is crazy. And did you hear what um, Senator Lindsey Graham said? No, I did not. He said... He said any young black, a young black person can go anywhere they want to in South Carolina as long as they're conservative. If you're not conservative, you can't go anywhere you want to. But if you're conservative, it's fine. Look, man, I'm going to be honest with you. The more I really look at American politics, I mean, we all know it's a joke. American democracy is a joke. There really, truly is no American democracy. You sell your soul to the corporate, to, to the corporation, and whatever corporation you like more, that's who you're basically giving your power up to. Once again, American democracy is a joke, and people are going to discover that every four years. They're going to rediscover that every four years because after election time, everybody's brain turns to mush, and they just become, they just go back to being the NPCs that they are. But when he when when people say things like that, like I really don't understand where they're coming from because I look at that shit just like I look at homosexuality, bro. Like unless you're just flamboyantly homosexual or flamboyantly political, like you don't wear those things on your forehead. It's not like you're walking around with a scarlet letter. No. And you're letting everybody know that you had you've had sex. <laughs> the fact of the matter is if you're a human being and you're walking around South Carolina, you should be safe. This is a period. I don't, I don't like in, in, in bottom line, I'm a true believer that most people that you come across are socially liberal and as much as they can be, they're financially conservative. I do believe your comp, your average person is socially liberal because I, be, I don't think that every I don't think that anybody truly looks at a homosexual or a trans person or a Trump supporter and hate hates them based off of their look necessarily. It's like they're not pre-wired to hate these people. They're conditioned to hate these people. So when you really think about it, when people are around these people, they want to get along. So to me, that's being socially liberal. Like you just want everybody around you to be happy. You want everybody around you to be good. But in America, they don't want that to be the reality. They literally want us burning each other up, shooting at each other, hanging each other. They thrive off of that, dog. Like, man, since the 60s, man, once they realized how powerful media was, they just, they've been having to go at it. And unfortunately, minorities in America have been have honestly, in my opinion, they've been the disposable race in a lot of this. Like every time I look up, like I can't remember the last time there was a nationally publicized case where a white per a white man or a white woman 
was the cause or the spark of outrage. And I mean, honestly, you know, obviously we know why, but it's just, it makes you think like, dang, like, do y'all, do y'all always want us mad? And then with us being mad, I always ask this question, like, what does that help? Where has that brought us in 50 years? It's, it's done nothing for us. Like Indian Americans at one point in the, in the 20th century weren't even pretty much allowed to come out here in America. Like Middle Eastern people were not coming out here in droves in the 20th century. Man, I, w- I want to say the influx of, of Middle Eastern and like Muslim people probably started maybe 90s. And look at how successful they are compared to people that have been out here for three or four generations. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that doesn't that say something about Americans? Especially when you speak on entitlement. And I've told you this off air many times. Black women, black men, white women, white men, y'all can say whatever y'all want to say about each other in America. Y'all are all the same. In my eyes, y'all are all the same. Y'all are all entitled. Y'all are all you know, spoiled. You guys think that because you're Americans, you you deserve the world. And we're learning time and time again that that's not the case. I'm just saying, man. It's pretty. It's pretty sad. I, I was watching. I was watching something the other day, and you and, and it was. It, it's one of those interesting things where you you get on Twitter and you see, all right, cool. What what is what is Twitter saying about it? And so it was. It was sports. And then I came across this one tweet where this person says. You know, all these privileged athletes who want to take a knee and everything and, you know, and you're against the country that, you know, gives you millions of dollars to to do this, you know, to play sports, you know, why don't you just go somewhere else? And in my mind, I'm like, their talent is what's making them millions of dollars and the millions of dollars they're making are pennies compared to the billionaires that they're making the money for. So it's kind of like, you know, but the whole the holistic part of it is not like saying. Hey, Will, I think you'd be good at football. Here's $2 million a year. You go play football. And Jay, you would probably be a good doctor. Here's $2 million. Go watch Grey's Anatomy. Go start cutting on people. It's like you went to school. You worked out. You you know, there was some blood, sweat, tears, whatever along the way to put you in this position to be whatever successful entity that you are. So it's not just people giving you money. It's not people just giving you things that are making you these professionals in whatever field that you are like, yeah, there's some luck to it, of course, but also there is some, some, some work done to it. So when it comes to that level of entitlement and the person who is pointing out saying, Oh, this person's so entitled because, uh, because they have the privilege to play a sport and make millions of dollars. It's like that happens in England. That happens in Brazil. Like other countries, Japan, China, other countries, they pay millions of dollars to their athletes, too. It's not an American privilege. It's not an American right, so to speak. And that's just something that annoys me when it comes to entitlement. It's like people with entitlement have the nerve to try to point out somebody else's entitlement. You you the pot calling the kettle black. The, the ideal of prominent athletes making all of this money like you just said, I think was it Big Sean's album where they had like that little skit where he talked about if the million if the if the if the athletes are making millions, you best believe they worth billions to they to their owners. Exactly. Man. Nobody's ever gonna pay you what you're worth. Definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, and, and and I know a lot of anti capitalists out there that 
they simply just don't get it. They simply just don't get it. A lot of a lot of anti-capitalists are. Their 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 knowledge of history is eh, you know. And don't get me wrong, I'm biased towards anti-capitalists just based on the fact that I just haven't seen any other way that has provided a gateway to be LeBron James, Michael Jordan, you know, the <laughs> the Derek Jeters of the world. Like I haven't seen other, you know, and and that's to me that's on the extreme side. Like you just said, like I don't know a lot of other a lot of other places in this country where you can be a doctor and you know have your own practice and 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 make thousands and thousands or millions and millions of dollars. Like I just don't know a lot of other ways that work. And I'm still one of those people that like I'm not I'm not about to be counting another man's pockets. Like I just don't operate like that. Like Jeff Bezos can make all the money he wants to make. If you don't want Jeff Bezos to make all this money, stop shopping on Amazon. <laughs> stop shopping on Amazon and and turning around asking man, he shouldn't be making this money. And then you brag about having an Amazon addiction. That's you giving him the money. Yeah, like that's that's literal cognitive dissonance. Like you are mentally ill if you do not realize you are the reason why Jeff Bezos, after 30 plus years, became the rich mofo that he is. It's just, it's this lack of, it's almost like not being aware. Like people say woke, but like you could be, I, I feel like people be woke as fuck, but they don't, they're not aware of what, they do that causes people to be successful. Like there is no you without Beyonce. There is no you without Jay-Z. Like you guys made these people rich and then you turn around and say, eat the rich. It doesn't really make sense. Like it's, it's just virtue signaling. It's like, I get it. You're kind of envious of the fact that you're not in Christian, Cristiano Ronaldo's position. But if you're a soccer player, and you were offered those type of contracts, what would you do? Would you turn them down? Like, come on, man. Come on. Like, let's... Who, who's ever said, nah, I got enough money. I'm, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm cool. Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> he did say that. He did you know, say just, that. As far as we know, I, and I think J. Cole, I think J. Cole might have said it. Dog, it's a rare, rare, rare bunch that supposedly have done something like that but don't get it twisted they they definitely probably felt like it was more along the lines of that money gonna give me a headache versus that's enough i have i have enough no no because any any man out there that's married especially he knows there's never enough money for his wife so never. come on be serious and and it's it's hilarious because it's mostly women that i know that are anti-capitalist but then in the same breath, they do want a rich husband. They don't want a they don't want an average blue collar working salary having husband. They want uh, most women would want a Jeff, a Jeff Bezos type of a guy if they, if they could get him. Like in all seriousness, it's the truth. I mean, and and a lot of men wouldn't mind being with a Serena Williams or or a, a freaking princess if they could. You know, <laughs> like. like you know, I mean, why not? Like, who? No, nobody wants to struggle. Nobody wants to like. We live in a we. No matter what country you live in, money makes your world go round. Your lack of money will increase your stress <laughs> easily. We all know this. This is very true. We all know this. So, and sometimes I, your abundance of money will increase your stress too. But that's another story. I think Biggie talked about that. Did he have a quote for that? Biggie Smalls? Yeah. 
Yeah. Christopher Wallace. He had yeah. a quote for that, right? Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, him, him, he, him yeah. and Diddy both. Oh, him and him you, and you remember the more money, more problems video? I thought I, I thought I did. I thought I'm just, hey, man. I, but <laughs> look, man, it, the concept of putting athletes in the forefront for our entertainment is what we call the bread and circus. It's a bread and circus act. This has been around since the Roman era, since before the death of Christ. The bread and circus act is nothing new. It is, it is, it's basically a, a it's sports, it's entertainment, and they're they're basically, in a, in my opinion, they're used as, I don't want to say distractions, but it's like that is necessary to keep a society happy and and to keep them not thinking about the bullshit that's why people don't people don't understand where your traditional old school people come from when they say they want to keep politics out of sports because whether you believe it or not that's really the whole purpose of the bread and circus act like they want to distract you. And like I said, I didn't want to say it, but it really is. That's what it is. They want to, hey, look over here. Guys dunking a basketball. Don't look over here. We're bombing. We're bombing the Palestine. You know, look over here. It's a that's something we've been saying. Just, you know, that's the reality. Like, like, but people don't get it. And <laughs> it, it took me years to find out, too. Like, we all start off what I call as, you know, blue pill, so to speak. We all kind of start off not realizing that we're in the matrix. We all start off as non-player characters. We all start off that way. Eventually, you become aware and you start seeing shit a whole lot differently. And eventually, people that become aware, they realize like, damn, like, I've been voting since I was 18 and I'm still not happy. Yeah, because... You're just, you're just a part of the, you're just a part of the circus. That's, that's it. why, that's why this, that's why, you know, in certain social groups, we say clown world has intensified because even with all this superior knowledge out there, with all this access to information, motherfuckers are still confused. They're still lost. They still don't get it. And it, and it just happens to be that it's, Really, it's always gonna be the age group that truly hasn't experienced shit yet. Like it's always gonna be that under forty, and it's gonna be the ones that are in college right now, just getting hip to some information that think they know it all. And I'm just looking at them like, bro, you have no fucking clue. Like you ain't Not seen nothing yet, nothing. So continue to eat your bread and continue to enjoy. The circus act, because when you leave from here, reality will set in. You can't run from reality forever, but that's what that's what the NBA championship is for. Like you celebrate the NBA championship and you try to vicariously live through these players, not realizing that one, these players don't give a damn about you. Two, I mean, honestly, you don't really have a, a real reason to celebrate if you probably don't got no money in it. And <laughs> like three, once again, like you're this is idol worship. You're idolizing somebody that once again doesn't even know you exist. 
and it's it's perfect. Like, it's it's fine. Like I still have favorite players. I still have teams that I root for, and it's sort of like a a city pride. It's sort of like almost like a tribalism. Like I'm always gonna be a Bulls fan. I'm always gonna rock with the Bears. That's just me. Like that's fine. But I recognize what I'm doing because I enjoy that distraction. I enjoy that way of escaping from reality. That's why I watch sci-fi. Like I do it on purpose. I know it's, it's like I know something is going on back here, but let me just turn a blind eye to it for a couple of hours. <laughs> let me see this guy get this triple double because I'm not yeah. trying to think about these taxes that I owe. I'm not trying to think about these bills. Yeah, rent is due next week, but guess what? I'm finna go to this happy hour and watch this game. We need this. The breaded circus is somewhat necessary, but it's scary when people don't know it's happening. Just like when you realize that you're in the Matrix. Um, and um, Like Cypher, like Cypher knew that the steak was fake. Mm-hmm. But he still was eating that steak. It was like, this is some good-ass steak. But he knew it was fake. He knew the steak was just numbers. He knew it was He knew it was not real. But hey, he chose to enjoy it anyway. You know, just saying, man. Just saying. I did not think we were going to get here, but we did. Hey, we're here. And I was going to tell you <laughs> earlier, I was like, you should be proud of me because I actually went into the notes and I looked over the notes. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. What, 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 anything, anything pop out at you, Bruh, That I, guy, that guy seeking advice. Hold on, hold on. I'm glad you chose that one. Okay, we're gonna take a brief pause. So I sent Jay this. I think it was from YouTube. I just sent a screenshot, and I asked him, "What advice do you have for this man?" And uh, I'm gonna go ahead and read it. It says, "I'm almost 28." and I have no experiences or skills to show for my entire life. It's all I think about lately. I've worked low-tier jobs since 16, and I have no money to show for it. I don't see any hope for the future. How could I get a good? How could I get good at anything meaningful now? I've squandered every opportunity due to self-destruction. I'm pathetic. Is there any hope for me? It's like I'm too old to do anything that matters because everything takes many years to do. <laughs> and before you answer it, I just want to let you guys know that this guy has he he took the black pill. This guy's officially he is as nihilistic as it comes, bro. You're 28. You're not old. But anyway, at all. Come on, Bojack. <laughs> like life is not over. But how did that make you feel when you read that, bro? Like okay, coming from a perspective of. Well, not that perspective, because goddamn. But (laughs) coming from being in being at an age in life where you think you should be somewhere and you're not there, and you have many anxiety and panic attacks, thinking, you know, how come I'm not there and what can I do to catch up? You have to realize that you're right where you're supposed to be. And even at 28, you're not like you said, you're young. You're not too old to start a trade. To find your passion, you're 28. Like, what? Where's what is the rush? Like, where are you going? Did somebody say, "Hey, by the way, you dying at 29 and a half? Get your shit together." And you decide to do that at 28. I'm like, man, come. What? Why is? Why do we put that kind of pressure on ourselves? And I say we put it on ourselves because we take in what's around us, and then we have to 
equate it and, and try to try to compare it to our lives and make sure that we're the equivalent. So I don't know who and what this guy this guy's around, but it's kind of like you need to slow down and just evaluate yourself. Like, you know, if you feel like you need to have a career and be at a certain point in life for this one woman, then guess what? That one woman isn't for you because you're not where she needs you to be and she's not where you need her to be. If you feel like you need to have this knowledge for this job and you don't have it right now, then that job isn't for you right now because you're not what that job wants and that job isn't what you want. Well, it might be what you want, but you're not qualified for it. So you have to understand that where you're right where you're supposed to be in life. And if I was if I was going to give this man some advice, I would say, one, you need some Xanax. Two, <laughs> relax. You're right where you're supposed to be. You ain't in a hurry to go nowhere but die. And we're all going to get there eventually. So enjoy the ride. I have nothing to follow up with. I mean, I actually told my son that the other day, like, you're where you're supposed to be right now. I mean, what's your next move? That's that's really all I can tell you. I mean, is there hope for you? Shit, I mean, is there? Do you, like, I don't really, I've got to the point in my life where, like, I don't even see hope. I don't necessarily even acknowledge fear. It's like, dude, what's the next move? Like, you can be, you could, you can be scared. You can be hopeful. What's your next move? It's like you can't go back and change what you didn't learn or change what happened to you. It was meant to happen. You're meant to be here now. You're meant to find out your next move. Once again, man, you know, I'm not the type of person that's going to give you this false positive hope. Like, I'm not going to give you, like I said, like I said before, I don't want you to be scared. I don't want you to be overly hopeful. I just want you to put the work in. That's all you, that's all you can do. Because if you're not executing, then how can you expect anything if you're not trying to execute and get somewhere? Like, you're just not going to get in the car and just sit there and expect to end up in Germany. Like, <laughs> you're going to have to drive, you know, drive, drive to the airport or whatever. Like, you you have to take off in order to get somewhere. And if he feels that he's been stagnant most of his life, well, it's time for him to start moving. It's 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 really, it's to me, it's, it's that simple. And, like, unfortunately... Um, we're we're in a time right now where a lot of people probably want to move, but they can't, you know, due to these lockdowns and restrictions or whatever. But, you know, there there's still a way. There's definitely still a way. So you can't use that as an excuse for too long. Like I got, we, me and you both know plenty of people out there that want to start podcasts. They want to start YouTube vlogs. They want to start blogs. They want to start something. They still haven't started yet. And it's like, bruh, what's <laughs> what's the deal? What's your hold up? Like, yeah, like you, I truthfully believe that when people are passionate about something, and I, and I talked, we talked about this already, and I'm going to say it again. I truthfully believe when people are passionate about something, there's nothing that's going to slow them down from getting it done. You might, you will see somebody that lacks ambition, like as far as, oh, they don't want to work out. They don't want to eat healthy, blah, blah, blah. But if that person wants to go watch a freaking movie and they know it's going to be a two hour wait, in the line, they're going to be right there in that line because they're passionate about going to see that movie. You know, so like you can't you can't bullshit a bullshitter. <laughs> and, and, and at the end of the day, like I know when I know when people want something and I know when people don't want something. 
I know when people desire something, and I know when people just, you know, you know, they, you, is to have a true desire for something is is good motivation. But some people just like things because other people like it, and there's real, there was no real desire for it, and that's why you see people half ass instead of full ass. But it's that's just how, that's just how it works, man. So once again, for this guy. You got to start because clearly you haven't started. And uh, I think I graduated college at like 27, 28. So I don't really understand what the problem <laughs> The is. sense of urgency. Technical difficulties. Yeah, it, it, that was a bad glitch, and I don't I don't even know why. Dang it! Yeah, yeah, that was a hard drag. I don't even know why. But no, that it's that is so weird because like nothing's different. Like I don't see anything. Like yeah, it's weird. But anyways, I'm gonna say it again. I know you saw that tweet about the honeymoon phase, and I know yes. you probably was laughing at that. So I'm gonna let you read that. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, let me pull that up because I was laughing at that because I think that's something that I say all the time. The quote-unquote honeymoon phase is a myth perpetrated by men to normalize their decreased effort in a relationship. The honeymoon phase is a myth. <laughs> a myth perpetrated by men. We make up the honeymoon phase, cause, cause after, cause it's like, okay, the honeymoon phase is over. I can start being a slouch. This is what we do. This is what men do. I've, I've decided that after this honeymoon stage is over, I'm gonna be a slouch, and I'm gonna call. And when I get actually, when I get tired, I'm just gonna say, all right, the honeymoon phase is over, so I can start being a slouch. And I'm lit. I read that, and I'm thinking, and I read that, and I'm thinking. I'm like. So, A, there is no honeymoon stage for women because they never start doing anything but receiving from the <laughs> jump. Like, what is, what is their version of the, uh, the, the honeymoon phase? All right, I'm not dressing up anymore. <laughs> That's over. Not putting up, you know, I'm not going to have makeup on when you see me. That's over. Like, like what, what, is, what is the equivalent? For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So what what is what is what is your honeymoon phase? Because because to me, the whining, the dining, the making you feel special on top of the world, those are all men actions. So when I have quote unquote secured you as a significant other, and I start to take a step back i start to relax because after you kill the no that's a, that's a poor that's a poor metaphor mm -hmm. <laughs> when hunting and you're hunting for survival after you kill one animal and, uh, and that's enough to feed you or your tribe do you continue to hunt of course and that's not. A, and that's a trick question because if a woman says, yeah, you need to continue to hunt, 
well, I got you, so I'm going to hunt her too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, now you're yeah. saying I don't need to hunt anymore, so I need to fall back. I've, su- I've succeeded. I've accomplished my mission. In, in terms of relationships, I definitely feel that both sides lend to this honeymoon phase dying. I just mm-hmm. thought it was hilarious that a woman posted this because I hate to say it, but in the real world where I stay, I've seen it time and time again. Where yeah, I'm just you know, I in the real world, it's a clown world, but I stay in it. I'm a part of it. Um, look, man, I've seen the decrease in effort on both sides when it comes to once somebody secures the bag, like I've seen it. I've done it. I know it's, yeah, like I want to believe that it's not done on purpose, but I do believe subconsciously once somebody lands the girl of their dreams or the man of their dreams, their effort decreases. I tell you all the time, Jay, single women try harder. Like the single women out here getting their bodies done, these single single women out here going to the most expensive makeup artists, keeping their nails done, that's single woman activity based on your based on what your metaphor is saying is because they're still out there hunting. I believe that in all honesty, your average man doesn't really try that hard to begin with as far as, you know, like I don't know a lot of men that are going to start off taking you to Ruth Chris and Benny Hanna's and all of a sudden they, all they can take you to is McDonald's and, and, <laughs> you know, in a, in a sports bar. Like, I don't, I don't really think that that's realistic. So I think that once a man shows that he can do something, he's pressured or he's shamed by society to keep that high effort up. But as far as appearance goes, like, I feel like if a man is dedicated to the gym, he's going to be dedicated to the gym. And if he becomes a slouch, it could it could possibly be due to the fact that he doesn't have that free time anymore to to get into that. Because I've seen that happen to a lot of men. Uh, but as far as women go, like I really do believe that single women try harder. Like single women are going to put in work because in a sense they need to, they have to, they got to keep up appearances. So. When I think about the honeymoon phase, I always think about man's effort, woman's looks. So after the honeymoon phase, I'm sorry, like, I think it's more along the lines of women becoming slouches with their appearances and maybe men becoming a little inconsistent with their with their whining and dining. But once again, the pressure on a man's side is easier to come with because you're not going to tell your wife she's getting ugly. Or she getting fat, like that's not. taboo. That's not happening. But it, but a women, but women, and uh, I remember I was talking about um, American Murder, and I was talking about old girl being kind of bitchy, and I was saying like it's almost like that's what women do when they become wives and girlfriends. It's like in their genetics to become bitchy in order to get their way. Men can't do that. If a man does anything remotely similar to being bitchy towards his wife, it's seen as abuse. So. <laughs> What would you rather be, uh, an abuser or a bitch? Just saying. <laughs> you know, so the, once again, the honeymoon phase is definitely something both both sides partake in. But I do believe that with this coming from a woman, it just it just makes me wonder, like, what do you expect from a man 
you know, after this honeymoon phase. Because I know some people may think of the honeymoon phase as a phase where the sex is real great. We get it every day. And then six months later, it's a dead bedroom. Well, well, communication may, may help that, you know, and we all know that communication gets kind of kind of fickle in relationships once again because the honeymoon phase ends and people get comfortable. Complacency is not gender specific. Bottom line. And it's it's a it's a it's a thing when it's like, okay, I'm not seeing you on a regular basis. We're going out once a week or something. So I might be texting you all the time. I might be sitting on the phone with you till all hours of the night, you know. You know, I might be, you know, sending you little cute gifts. But as our relationship evolves, so does the love the the I'm not gonna say the level of affection, but I'm gonna say the way that affection is delivered. If I'm seeing you mm-hmm. every single day, I'm not sitting up on the phone with you, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I seen you two hours ago. See you two hours ago, we got plans tomorrow. There's no need for us to be on the phone for four hours tonight. Unless, you know, we just have that kind of connection and we just need to continue talking. And if we need to continue talking, why do we even leave each other's presence? And if you, you might evolve from, okay, I'm I'm sending flowers to your job to, all right, you know, I'm going to surprise you on a, uh, I'm going to send you a surprise date. You know, I'm, you know, we're going to go on a date and I'm not going to tell you about it. I'm just going to tell you, like, there's an evolution to it because the same things will, uh, however, they will still work, but are they, I'm not going to say necessary, but are they practical? Is it like, like there, it's not practical for me to sit up on the phone with you all night. If I'm finna see you, I'll say it's three o'clock in the morning. We got a breakfast date at eight. So, Hey, can I sleep for five hours? Not even five hours. Can I sleep for maybe four hours? Cause it's going to take an hour to get ready and I would get, and, and to get to you. Like the practicality of it changes. And I think that when you don't think when think of things in a practical, logical, reasonable way, you get caught up in the well, the honeymoon phase is dead. Well, think about it. What work are you putting in now as a man? What work are you putting in now as a woman? And like you say, complacency isn't gender specific. And you can only pour into somebody else's cup as much as they're pouring into yours. Definitely. Definitely. Um, if you don't mind, can you can you look up the meaning of honeymoon? And it, like where it comes from, uh, hearing you talking about it, it's like now I'm wondering, like, it, it, I, I get to thinking, like, is the honeymoon even necessary? And maybe that's the problem. Maybe the fact that we have a portion of the relationship that's just that's that's just significantly better than everything else. Maybe that's the problem because we have both people in a situation where they're setting the bar so high that they can't achieve it again. And if they do achieve it again, it still doesn't replicate that same feeling as the original honeymoon. And I mean, obviously, I'm not talking about the actual honeymoon that people have, but like literally the relationship. That's what I think of. I think a honeymoon. That's why I had you, you know, having you look it up because I'm really curious because um, it's I think if two people enjoy each other, then if it's really genuine, then there's you won't even really be able to spot the honeymoon phase. Based on how I look at the honeymoon, because I mean, if there is a honeymoon phase, maybe that's a red flag. I mean, mm-hmm. outside of having an actual honeymoon after your wedding night, maybe a honeymoon phase is a red flag. Like, damn, I was able to pinpoint that that was the honeymoon phase. We'll never get that again. So shit, why are we here? But go ahead. I, it seems like you found it. Now, it is interesting because it says in Western culture, 
Um, it was a custom for newlywed couples going on a holiday together, originated in the early 19th century in Great Britain. The upper middle class couples would go on a tour to let family members know they couldn't make it to the wedding that they had been married. So it, it originated as, hey, let me let these these people who couldn't make it to the wedding, those you know relatives that didn't have the money that we have, hey, we're married, this is my bride, this is my husband, you go see them. So then it, it evolved into what it is now. And it's still, still Western culture where you go to the French Riviera, you go to Italy, Rome, Venice, such like that. Can you, go, can you look up the Urban Dictionary? Does Urban Dictionary have a, a definition? I'm I always curious to see in the Urban Dictionary. Their definitions be hilarious. But yeah, but like I said, I mean, <laughs> I, I've always said that I believe that marriage is definitely a rich man's sport. It, that definitely solidifies it. Just thinking about the type of income you have to have to go on a fucking tour. <laughs> yeah, you go on tour. Basically, <laughs> but uh, go ahead. According to Urban Dictionary, basically a holiday after one's wedding purely for sex in a foreign country. <laughs> purely for sex in a foreign country. I told you, they they going to get to the point. I mean, that's how a lot of people look at it, man. That is definitely how a lot of people look at it. Like, yeah, we're just we're celebrating our wedding, and a lot of people kind of hope, I guess, you know, maybe we can get pregnant out here. You know, this is the first time. A lot for a lot of people, it's their first time. They're gonna probably have unprotected sex. You know, in the olden days. But I can, I can, I'll always have the story that we made our baby in Paris instead of there you go, Louisville, Kentucky. There you go. You know, so like I said, man. You know, maybe that's a deeper way of looking at it. Maybe a honeymoon phase is something that we 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 should probably mark as a as a red flag because the, our whole relationship should be a honeymoon. You know, if you're if you're looking at it from a from a fantastical sense, you know, it shouldn't be one because once again, the honeymoon is a celebration in a sense of a wedding, but the honeymoon phase, like, what is that really saying? That's all that's what I'm getting at. Like the honeymoon phase really shouldn't exist. So once you realize that low effort comes about, that's probably not necessarily your sign to go, but that's when communication needs to up it up a notch because that's a dangerous, that's a, that's dangerous, man. Like, look, we, we're already in a situation, we're already in modern times where, in my opinion, the constant need for attention is very, very dangerous. Like, everything that you had described earlier when you were talking about being on the phone with so-and-so, like, bro, that's so unnecessary when you're two people, you're committed to each other, verbal agreement, you, you, you supposedly love each other. All this need for attention is wild. Like, 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 what more do you want from me? Like, seriously. Like, <laughs> like I'm just saying, like, I, I need to put my life on hold now that you've entered it. That is insane. Like, that is, it's just too much. And I truthfully don't believe that millennials and younger Gen Zs, like, I mean, the older Gen Zs, like, I don't believe that they have that type of mental, this the type of mentality to really give themselves to somebody like that on a regular basis. That's draining. Like the people that want that, they can't even provide it. Like I, I noticed that this weekend just really, sometimes I realize when I'm talking to people, I could sit there and listen to somebody talk about shit that I don't care about. Like listening to somebody talk about their job and they're just, they're just going on and on, on and on. 
And then, like, I have a moment where I kind of want to say something. And when I say something, they kind of look at, like, and I start talking and trying to, like, hey, like, let me tell you about my job or something. They just kind of get empty. They're not listening no more. And it's like, damn, like, you just literally drain me. You literally just, just <laughs> bombarded me with all that useless information about your job. And when it's time for me to talk, you just check out. <laughs> and that's, that's. That's what we're going. That's what we deal with now, bro. Like and it's crazy. And it's weird because when I bring something to you, I never ask you what you got on your plate. I, 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 just, I just come and I just start doing a mental dump on you. I never say, "Hey, you got a minute to talk? You got a minute to this?" I just start doing a mental dump. That, that's that's dangerous. That's a dangerous field to play in, and I believe that no matter what anybody says, a lot of modern relationships fail due to that one sidedness. And I'm not even the type of person that necessarily thinks that oh we need to reciprocate but it is weird that somebody thinks that they could just take it take it take it take and not expect to give that's just weird to me like, i feel like common decency is eroded at that point when you can't you can't realistically reciprocate once again you don't have to reciprocate but you just drain this guy's battery you're not gonna let that nigga charge up <laughs> you can't you can't pour anything into him right now that's wild, bro. Like I just, that's just unacceptable to me. Like I, every time I, every day I wake up and I just start reading shit, bro. Like I see so many flaws in modern day dating, especially. And just I see so many flaws in society in general. And that's why at this point, like the best way to just, the best way to navigate it is to just be a be apart from it. Like to move yourself away from it and just just be looking and just like, man, like, this really what y'all got going on? This, you don't see the problem here? This is a huge problem. <laughs> like, maybe you maybe you need to press pause for a second and, and <laughs> you should see that you're, you're being kind of selfish here. And like, once again, you know, people don't like to point out the, the, the flaws in themselves because people kind of view themselves as infallible, but it is what it is. And once again, that, that lends into that narcissism and that inflated ego. It's just, it's, it's annoying, bro. Like I commend anybody out there that's doing it successfully, or at least feels like they're doing it successfully because I don't have the energy for it. And there are a lot of things I don't have the energy for. And you know me, Jay, like, like that shit right there. I don't got time for it. Oh, like even friends, like, like I said, just, just thinking about friends that drain you. It's unacceptable. I, I wouldn't accept it. Like the the, the same shit. Like, go ahead, Jay. It, it, when I when I think of friends who drain you, I think I've had this conversation with you before. I have that thought of like, what do I have to gain from this? Is this one of these people that I can go and give this you know same talk to that I can put the same energy in and I can talk to them and say you know everything that they're saying? I can come do this mental dump on them. Are they going to reciprocate like I can? Are they going to listen to everything and give me their honest opinion? Or are they going to listen to me and just say, wow, that's crazy? So if I have nothing to gain from this person, why am I letting them soak out all of my battery? Why, why am I letting them drain my battery? What is that What is that big Sean quote that you had sent me from the album? I, I, I tried to find it in the notes and I couldn't. Where, where it says Damn, stop, giving people, it. stop giving people yeah. your energy that don't deserve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 not that's not acceptable anymore. It's really not. Like I had a post on my blog where I talked about texting people. Like, I get it. <laughs> I get it. 
you know, people don't like to be, people don't want to text first. But I guarantee you, when you really fuck with that person, texting them all day is not going to be a problem. Not so I just really, you know, I just really feel like everybody tries to put up this front like, oh, I'm this type of person. But in all honesty, it's like it's just you're just trying to be manipulative because you feel like, well, I fuck with you, but you're not the type of person I bend over backwards for. Because once again, if you're passionate about something, there's nothing that's going to stop you from getting there. And I really feel like that that's the, that's the truth with people. And I've, I've noticed this with people quite often that they play games with people that they really only use as tools. Those are the ones that, that are drain you. But the ones that truly fuck with you, those are the ones that they're like, they're passionate about listening to you. They're passionate about, you know, being around you. They're passionate about just communicating with you. They like, even think about what, what you told them when y'all aren't currently speaking. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's the type of people that, that send you things and be like, man, this, this reminded me of you, you know, that's, that's, that's those type of people. Like, I mean, I, I get annoyed sometimes when people send me messages that seem like they're like, um, from a robot. But I mean, at the same time, it's like, it's cool because I mean, at that moment, I at least know that you thought about me. And that's and that's very rare these days because a lot of people that you that you would like to be friends with, you would like to actually have something with, they don't view it like that with you, but they don't want to tell you. It's like, dog, if you really don't fuck with me, it's cool. Just let me know. But people don't people don't act like that these days. I, mean, I was telling you, like, and, and and I wasn't trying to prove a point, but but I've been on social media for a while, mm-hmm. and we haven't talked about it on the show at all. Because it's not me grandstanding or anything, but I told you off air, like it's only been a handful of people that have reached out to me since I've been off social media and it's no beef or anything, but it just goes to show how much people have this, this one, this one world view of you. And it's like, well, if you ain't on social media, you don't exist. It's like, but I exist in the real world. Like, like I exist in the real world. Like I'm still a human being. I still exist. Bro, I literally know people. I have their number, and I will hit them on their phone, and they may not, you know, if they're on their phone number, they may not respond. But if I hit them on social media, less than 30 minutes. Of course. Of course. Because I don't know if people feel like social media is a buffer from, like, it's like a, it serves as a buffer, like, oh, you're hitting me on social media, so we're not that close. And it's like, hold on, but... (laughs) This is where you are mainly now. So low key, if I'm hitting you on social media and you're responding, especially with all that action going on in your DMs, we may be closer than you think. <laughs> Just saying. Because I've noticed that it's been a trend. Like you could talk to, and it's mostly women. Like I, I see a screenshot of a woman's phone and she got 176 text messages. I'm like, what's going on there? And they laugh about it. They giggle it off. And I'm just like, that shit is weird. Like, you got that many people texting you and you're not responding. Like, that's the type of text etiquette I'll never get down with. That's why I don't really mind people not texting me. But at the same time, it is it is interesting that people act like they don't have your number. It's like, because social media is not, in all honesty, first of all, we're all being spied on, spied on in some way. But I definitely believe via social media is probably one of the worst ways you communicate. And I don't understand why... I read so many stories about couples catching their spouses cheating through Snapchat. I'm just like, I don't know why people think Snapchat is just this, this secret <laughs> weapon to hide your 
you're cheating. Like, no, that shit can be that shit is dangerous too. Like, first of why all, why is you this person your best friend? Why do y'all have a ninety day heat streak? <sighs> yeah, bro. People just people be oblivious to shit like that, man. I don't like any third party in my communication. If I'm being serious, I'd rather remove that third party from my communication if I can. I already got to deal with Apple ho ass selling my information. <laughs> I don't need Apple and Instagram selling my information and being all up in my business. Selling it after they told me they weren't going to sell it. Oh, man, they selling the hell out that shit. Nigga, I'm telling you, so many people out there that got their microphones on, they got their cameras on for uh, for Apple, and they don't even know it. Like, they're like, y'all motherfuckers better go out and go on that phone and turn that goddamn microphone off. Sitting there wondering why you talking about uh, Doritos and you go on Instagram, it's a Dorito ad on there. Nigga, because your microphone on. All the time. <laughs> nigga, your location on. They just said, nigga, you, they know you was just at Walmart. What you doing? Like, but anyways, I just thought that was interesting. This is the last thing I'm going to read, man. You know what? I'm not going to read that. I'm going to save that one. I did see that you put a men operate off want. Women operate based on needs. Men operate off of want. Women operate based on needs. You got to break that down for it before we get off of here. I saw that. I was like, hmm. I didn't understand that for some reason. To break it down to the most minimal of terms. I feel that in today's society men will do what they do what they need what they need to do because they want to as far as men will want to find a spouse men will want to upgrade their job men will well, let's say let's say want to would want to hang out with their friends because i feel a man in its purest form can Thrive by itself with with little with little interaction with his friends. Like man, we don't seem to need to hang out all the time, especially you. Um, <laughs> men, if a man if a man is by himself, his job situation he might get to a sweet spot and may not want to move up or move down ever again. Most men don't want or need to find somebody to marry. Most men are purely content on dating around, getting their needs when needs met when they need to. And we've talked about this before when we had the sex doll conversation and we've talked about, you know, the reasons why prostitution is illegal. And I think a lot of women move off needs. And and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying, for example, like. A woman who has multiple children needs to provide for them. And it'll a lot of the time those needs will be by any need any means necessary, whether that's milking a simp, whether that's taking on another job, or you know, whatever it is that, that they have to do because they need to do that. And it's because of them needing to have that, that feeling of, okay, I'm not I'm not a real woman unless I've reproduced. I'm not a real woman unless I've, you know, held up, quote unquote, my womanly duties. Because men, we never look at it as like, okay, I've been put on this earth to reproduce. Uh-huh. Yeah. Women women carry that innate sense of, all right, I'm here to, to reproduce. And I feel like I'm less of a woman 
when I haven't reproduced. That's why they get a lot of the, well, when are y'all going to have kids? When are y'all going to do this? Those questions are directed at women. They're rarely directed at men. So women mm-hmm. feel the need that they need to reproduce. They need to have kids. Men's like, yeah, I, I can when I want to. If I want to when wait I till want I'm to, 45, yeah. I can. Really, A woman really can't can. wait till she's 45. She needs they, to reproduce by a certain time. Realistically, yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I got I got what you're saying. Uh, okay, okay. You I mean, yeah, that that makes sense. Um I, I would I would say that although that is in a sense socially true, I know for a fact that women are becoming way more rebellious now and that's starting to be less the truth now. Like I'm starting to see more women try to operate like a man would. And that's why we are where we are in society now with women, because a lot of women are, in my opinion, are operating technically on the more masculine spectrum. And um, it's going to be interesting to see where we are five to 10 years from now. Like, once again, I've never been that type of person that thinks that that completes a woman, but it is interesting to see them rebel against that and try to do everything in a sense of, y'all not about to tell me what to do. And then three or four years down the line, they're depressed and angry at the world because they're looking at men like, oh, you know, y'all just get to do what y'all want. But it was like, well, that may be the case biologically, but the reality is, I mean, we really put like this. Although you say that, I do believe that there are a lot of men out there that kind of want to operate in that spectrum of, yeah, like they want a family. You know, they want to settle down. But the reality is, with so much rebelliousness out here, that's just not easy anymore. It's but like you said, anymore. it's a want. It's not a need. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not a need. It's definitely not a need. Yeah, it's 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 not a need. And, I'll, and I'd argue that society pressures women into thinking it's a need. But I'd agree. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of um, it, that's a that's a ripple effect that comes with women not realizing, not necessarily how important it is. How, I mean, in a sense, I mean that's something. Childbirth is something special. You know, that's not that's that's unique to women. Clearly, you know, no matter we have this influx of men believing that there can be women overnight or whatever. Like, no matter what anybody says, only women are able to birth children um once again the reference raised by wolves that was one of the interesting parts of that that show with the whole artificial womb because i mean it's a scary thought to think that there is going to be a generation where we're not we're not we're no longer going to have to even get with another being in order to reproduce we could just buy a womb like we're already getting so close to that with surrogates so to speak so it's just it's wild the direction we're heading and the way things are becoming more affordable that in my opinion shouldn't be affordable. Cause me personally, I liked, I like society better when plastic surgery was more of a bourgeois thing. Like that's something that was specific to Beverly Hills and the Miami housewives. I liked it better then because I think that humbled people. And I think that that made people realize what was important. But now we're in a day and age where a lot of these things are just too easily accessible and it's becoming pretty dangerous. And we're we're seeing the ripple effects of that. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I asked you that because I wasn't sure where you were going with that. And that's that's a solid point, bro. That's a solid point. Uh, and I, I really wonder if enough people see it that way.
But, no, it's going to be offensive to some, and I understand that. Oh, yeah, that, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, it's No Boundaries Podcast. You already know what we do here. <laughs> we're, 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 I, I want to believe that we're, 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 we're both social critics. We, we, we critique society, and when, it, when, critique, when you're critiquing society from your perspective, it's going to be offensive at times, and it is what it is. And if you find it <laughs> offensive... Go to iTunes, <laughs> leave a comment. <laughs> Go on the SoundCloud, leave a comment. You know, and you retweet be, us. Y'all would be really surprised at the amount of times that we've critiqued our own lives <laughs> on this show. Easily, you just haven't easily. caught it. I mean, my life is the life I know best. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm literally when I'm walking around a Kroger or a Walmart, like I'm. I, that's what I'm thinking, and that's when I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is interesting, and that's when I bring it here. So. Yeah, man. And honestly, my words of advice today, I'm really just basically just going to steal what you said earlier. And that's um, you, you're where you're supposed to be. And I think the quicker you accept that, the better you can move on with, with your life and you can make things happen. Stop looking at the place. Stop looking at your place in life as a punishment or reward. Just look at your place in life as as a move that was necessary that that was necessary a move that was necessary for you to get here because i mean you're here you're alive you're breathing you know you're not dead you're able to make another move so make one so once again man you're where you're supposed to be in life and that's that's important to know and that that's what i have to say for today and even and even to kind of stay to reach back like you did and stay on that same tacket topic you're gonna no, die. No type of English today. None. No English at all. <laughs> I would say you're gonna die anyways. So enjoy the ride. Don't panic about the final destination because we're all getting there. So just enjoy the ride while you have it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Honestly, that don't mean be suicidal and be doing stupid shit, but <laughs> you're not going to predict predict the day you die. It's, not, it's probably not gonna happen. So you just you gotta live. You gotta live for the next day, man. But um, this was an odd time to record, but we made it happen. Hopefully, we'll be back soon. Uh, you'll be in Houston for a little while, so uh, yeah, we'll make it happen. And sorry for the technical difficulties. Yeah, it is what it I is. Can't, it, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I know, man. I there's there. It's the it most unexplainable thing ever. Yeah, it's so weird. And uh, hey, Sean, if you out there listening, man, hit your boys up, man. I know, I know, we basically turn into the when when we feel like it podcast because we drop whenever we feel like it. But uh, hit your boy up and um, D- dust uh, off the equipment. Yeah, d- definitely, man. Dust off the equipment and um, shout out to uh, shout out to your young Trey and, and Tracing. I know you was out there for a little for the birthday party. I know he turned up, popped a you few know, bottles. Big three. Uh, oh man, that big three, something serious, man. But um, other than that, man, you know, uh, like you said, enjoy the ride. And uh, with that being said, this has been No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?